I will set this, but don't follow. Okay. This could be anywhere from like, honestly, three minutes to 10 minutes. Let me, th let me think of a, um, Welcome back to Shakespeare Shorts, where we're all short on time, so we just need to get down to the Shakespeare. I'm your host, Cynthia Noggins, and I'm bringing on today, in this little snippet, a fabulous scholar who has discovered a rewrite of the balcony scene of Romeo and Juliet. Let's please give a big applause to Terrence Phillips. Welcome, Terrence Phillips. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Cynthia. It is, it is such a pleasure to, to be here to explore this exciting, uh, different version of a scene that I feel is probably one of the best-known duos. Indeed. Um, speaking of which, it, it used to be a love scene, and now it seems it has been the complete opposite. We have a few lines here and there that... What, what's in these fragments? Uh, well, yes, this, uh, it was so... It was such a poetic idea, but it was just not loved by audiences originally. So these two, these two lovers that are out there, instead of saying, oh, I wish for this, instead they are just complaining about all of the things of the past and all of the faults that they can overlook, but in a beautiful poetic way. Ah, lovely. So in terms of this, do we have uh, the full scene? Are we just going to, how are we going to let these actors jump into it? Uh, oh, yes, it is. Uh, just to give you, there was a, a townspeople scene ahead of time just to kind of set the scene. So we're going to skip all of that. And it is just when Juliet peeks out from the balcony and starts with that famous line of men. Oh, so many different types of men. Men. Oh, so many different types of men. How I find thee all so universally dull, though. How can they differ so much from size to face, to voice, to stance, and yet not a single word utters belongs in my ears for longer than a second. Yea, for all they do is rabble and scratch, but I do suffer from something of a stroke when they do stroke my hand. Oh, man. And, and so, Terence, something that's very unique about this is uh, Romeo never really makes it, does he? Uh, that is correct. Uh, we instead uh, hear that counterpoint given by a man who uh, we all know now as Mercutio, uh, the Prince of Cats. Here uh, in this early version of a play, he was literally a Prince of Cats. He was a stray himself, just a, a ruffian of the street who, who do represent the idea of the typical man that Juliet has just complained about. And his line, of course, uh, <laughs> in a beautiful sense of mirroring that only Shakespeare could pull off, uh, starts with the iconic and sadly missed, Ugh, women, am I right? 
Ugh. Women. Am I right? Wherefore women exist in this existence. For as a man I must constantly give my favors as loose coins that continue to build to higher value coins until the coin is great but the woman gives not favor for the coin. Be they all virgins or whores, they attend to my feelings not. Where might my feelings go? Merely put a log of fire and let my feelings flow like smoke and embers to the wind, for that is as much attention as any lady gives them. Oh, that balcony yonder upon which a love lasts, that balcony seems taller and taller as I go from the past into an unwanted future. Oh, such beautiful imagery, Cynthia. I just, it is so sad when these things are lost to time, even if they were replaced by equally iconic language. Agreed, Mr. Phillips. I, the, the, the most profound line of all of this was, women exist in this existence. And I feel that is so deep and why I could not pull even more from it. Oh, yes. And there are just so many beautiful things that the world was just not ready for when Shakespeare first debuted this work. This next passage that I, I'm sorry to, I know we're short on time and I just want to make sure we get as many of these classic words out as possible. Uh, but the nurse uh, is seen th peering through the window and has the iconic short soliloquy starting with, Ah, youth be wasted upon the young. Youth be wasted upon the young. For the youth that I saw before me now lies behind me. As I crouch my knees to tackle, as my back stretches, it does bounce, for my body is betraying. See, I find this to be something of the end of a song. For I treated my body not well. I will never tell young Juliet, for I do not wish to fill her head with the ideas of my rambunctious past. My back it does crackle because I carried many people across the border. My knees do knock because I want a chicken in a bar fight. I think that my voice should now be spent passing off wisdom and kindness as opposed to screaming into the abyss. Yay. My youth is behind me. And that's all he wrote, literally. <laughs> well. Yes, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? You 
know, it's a different path. It certainly is a different path. And, and I heard this was all discovered on, on crumpled up bits of paper. It was. And what is most amazing about it is it, is it seems that underneath the Romeo and Juliet uh, draft scrawled at the top, uh, it, it does appear that it is written over uh, the original title, which was Friar and Nurse, An Unexpected Journey. Oh, well, that, quite frankly, sounds way more interesting to me than what he wound up with. But hey, we don't have time to explore that. Oh, um, do we have but one more minute? But one. Oh, good, because I, it is very important to hear Friar Lawrence's next words, when which he starts a beautiful speech that is not heard by anyone called, Damn these uncelibate bastards. Damn these uncelibate bastards, constantly parading their love amongst the squares. They're wanking in the night, keeping up all manners of bats and birds that rely on my belfry for sustenance and keep me awake wondering why my celibate ways have led to God forsaking me. But then the sun rises and the cock crows. And with the first gleam of a beam of sunlight that hits me directly in my sleeping eye, I awake. And I say, thank you, God, for this solitary moment of unwanking silence. Are we done now? Oh, if we must be Cynthia Noggins, but I have a whole pile of crumpled up parchments in which to share in future episodes, if you would have me back. Of course, Terrence Phillips, of course. Um, anyway, uh, as we wrap up, uh, well, we're just gonna wrap up because my noggin is tired. My attention span is short, and that's why we have Shakespeare shorts because ain't nobody got time for Shakespeare. We'll see you next time. And while you rest your noggin, I will fill up my coffee cup. Okay, thank you. <laughs>